<laughs> Welcome to the Pixel Radio commentary, everyone. Pixel I am Radio. Uh, Pixel. Fix, uh, <laughs> listen, we're all at a wonderful level of energy today. A little adult here and there. Yeah, we're, mm. you know, they, we, we've all led busy lives and all been away in Copenhagen or dealing with remodeling basements or training for a half marathon. And I have no excuse. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also our, valid. Our brains are just not very here right now. So, uh, so, yeah, we're doing great right now. But I am Zach. This is Pixel Radio Commentary. I got it right that time. We have Christine, Evelyn, and Carlo. And we're here to talk about a great many things. <laughs> you had no idea where you were going with that, did no, you? No, <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just making this up as I go and doing the best I can. So, Well, as per usual, let's go around and say what everybody is playing right yeah, now. Yeah, so, Christine, you are training for a half marathon <laughs> pretty much as an excuse to play Pokemon Go, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give in, admit to it. It's not an excuse, it's a happy accident. Uh, yeah, I, I found my, my, my Pokemon Go Plus again recently, which is perfect is that, timing is that the, like the watch thing? it's the watch yeah. thing i it, it it's really nice because totally it actually registers yeah it registers you're walking a lot better i have hatched like three no three or four 10k eggs and like several 5k eggs in the past like couple days holy shit <laughs> <laughs> like uh there's community day which, uh, if you are, oh yeah, the, the 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 debacle that was Community Day last year. Yes, and if you're not familiar with Community Day, it's uh, what Pokemon does to be able to get people to actively play on the day, and they spawn a bunch of really special Pokemon of a certain type. Uh, last month it was Mareep. This month is Charmander, and you also get a higher incidence of shinies. Oh, so there's, so there's actually shinies in Pokemon Go. There are. There have been for a while, there actually. There have been. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe I, I had jumped off the train. I'm like, yeah, I feel like we point, all, we all the all, rest of us jumped yeah. off the bandwagon in sort of the first wave. It's, and it's, one among me. us remained. <laughs> that, that train, you know, I was not a passenger on it anymore. I got yeah. off pretty early on in the journey. Like, if we're going across country here, I probably only made it about as far as... <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a good excuse for some things, and Community Day is a good excuse to actively, like, reach out and play with people. Like, it's like, okay, I can dedicate, like, one day every, like, couple of months or whatever to, like, go play Pokemon, walk around for three three hours straight, and yeah. Like, I hung out with my, my siblings and a couple of their friends, and Kalahoo during a raid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, there's raids? Yeah. yeah that's oh been a thing for a long time. I, I, I've been reading I it. Been? Like, it seems like they've somehow transitioned from the biggest game ever played by anyone ever to Destiny everyone 2? hates it to, okay, now we've got a small but very, or smaller but very dedicated group of people. And so the yeah. Destiny life cycle. Sure, <laughs> not the Destiny 2 life yeah, cycle. Yeah, I was about to say. Everyone give, like, no one gives a shit about it. Uh, didn't point. they just I, release a new raid that actually, no one's playing? Actually, <laughs> actually low-key people are somewhat excited about the new Destiny 2 DLC. From what I've been hearing. Really? I, have I, not I heard haven't, that. I haven't I've been heard able to really reinstall it. Sort of like resounding, eh. I'm yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, but as in, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's excited. 
Yeah, no, the people, like, it seems like there's a group of people with Destiny 2 and the DLC that happened with it. I, they're like, look, I mean, this is better than it was, but also well, I, I don't we, really care. We all look at what happened with Taken King, and it's like, yeah. why can't you just do that again? Yeah, basically <laughs> just, like, remake the entire game and make it incredible. So it's Pokemon Go met with, like, Somewhat are like are they are these people undergoing Stockholm syndrome or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I actually I mean, purposely chose to start again. Did you ever? Wait, play you, so you you so you restarted everything? I, I well, I mean, I still had my old account, but yeah. Oh, but you like you you. Reset. I did stop for a while. Yeah, I stopped for like a solid. Like, oh, okay, no, six but like months. stop. But you didn't like completely reset all your progress no. or anything. I was gonna say I was like. I got that's keep collecting. I gotta keep collecting, <laughs> yo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember deleting it off my phone and just being like. That was fun. <laughs> well, specifically being like, I'm free. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do this anymore. That one summer, what was that, two years ago where everyone was only playing Pokemon Go? Yeah, uh, I had I an embarrassing so. moment I, when I was at my years. normal job where uh, I forgot to mute my phone and my coworker was like, I understand it's Friday, but maybe don't play that so loudly in the office. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> God, I couldn't. So... When, so I used to play Ingress. Oh, the damn! Creeper. That's a throwback. Yeah, I so remember anyway, taking I'm over towers with small and dedicated fan bases of uh, Niantic uh, games. That's a interesting <laughs> way to put that. Yeah, <laughs> and in my old office at the time, I was in reach of two portals or Pokestops, and it was so great. And when Pokemon Go came out, I was still when the beta came out, which I played. It was still I was still in that office, and I was like, hell yeah, getting Pokemon all the time. And then <laughs> I moved offices, and I didn't have reach of a Pokestop anymore. My, no, my old apartment. I literally could like spin a Pokestop in the apartment on my couch. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> my place had not to brag or anything. Three. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember. Well, I remember. Uh, popular neighborhood. I do. Uh, I remember adding actually adding a couple of towers to Ingress, which now I assume are Pokestops, which is unfortunate because some of those were residential houses. That's oh. pretty common. <laughs> That's great, though. Yeah. I mean, they had to make a whole system in Pokemon Go for people to ask to have their houses removed yeah. as a Pokestop because they couldn't stand people congregating in their yard all the fucking <laughs> time. Or on the military bases. I mean, it yeah, was, it was very fun for a little while when yeah. everyone on the planet was doing it. But, it was. But yeah, no, it's really funny hearing the stories of, like, you know, military bases and, like, on places of base where you're not allowed to have like cameras on your phone, like that intense, and it's like they had Pokestops. This means no, no, remove that. Like please. the like the Pokestop in the middle of the Pentagon. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah that was the thing that happened. That's fantastic. It, um, it was good times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what else have you been playing, Christine? Um, I've also been playing a uh, Frostpunk, which yeah, is yeah, I'm very... like super interested in that, but I don't know if I want to spend the time to do it. I. Please it's, it's intense. Tell so, me more. Do you know anything about Banished? Which it's very... Okay, no. I, I, I'm <laughs> vaguely familiar with Frostpunk. I've been, like, reading about it and stuff. I and, mean... You know. Yeah. But yeah. as someone who's played it, give yeah. us an overview. I, I, I will, as I explain it terribly. So, Frostpunk, basically, the whole premise is that, you know, there's, like, a nuclear winter happening, and you have to congregate around various, like, major heat sources in order to survive. So you're just, you know, rebuilding this population yeah. centrally around this heat source and trying to maintain enough supplies, getting enough supplies and just getting better and getting other people from the wasteland to yeah. join your group. So, uh, so, so, yeah. So at its core, uh, from what I understand, is a post-apocalyptic city builder. It, yes. Uh, so it's you're basically doing SimCity, 
but so much it's, harder. Yeah, everything's dead. You're in this eternal winter, and oh, you're, it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fantastic. So, it's um, really great. Um, and from I from what I understand, it does a really good job at making you make super hard decisions. Yep, like there's actually um so. Not really too much of a spoiler, but like, so after a certain point, you, you know, have some unfortunate news come upon you. And in order for your society to get into um, order again, you choose to either basically become fascist or religious crazy people in order to control your population. And otherwise, your groups will flee into the wilderness and die. <laughs> okay, well, All that's right. a, a f- fun happy time decision that you have to make yeah so <laughs> usually i do pretty well at these types of games like i've played banished which is kind of along the same lines only it's not post-apocalyptic it is like medieval type of banished mm-hmm. people um but for this one it's way harder i had to like restart like six different times to get past just day 10 and like y- you have to get to i think day 20 to even unlock the next scenario it's oh yeah, really so there's so there's hard. sets of scenarios in in in, yeah. a, in sense. So like you kind of you kind of I'm guessing you start off with like a different in different areas. Like like does the map change at all between scenarios, or is it kind of like the same same sort of idea? You know, I think it's mostly the the components behind it. But I actually haven't really gone to the other scenarios just because yeah. it took me so long to unlock it. Oh no, that's it. fair. Yeah, I like just unlocked. I hear it. <laughs> I hear it's pretty pretty grueling. It uh, is. But it, I yeah, I hear that the narrative that. The narratives that come out of it, uh, this that ways that it interplays with like your decisions are are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know, and they the, the types of characters that they have and like the people you have, you you actually find a lot about them. Yeah, in a, in, in a way. And there's definitely interesting moralities in it. Like one of the choices you have is like you have children, so you can like build a lot to you know build child shelters. But now you can't have the children working during the day because you're protecting them from that. But then later you can turn them into apprentices and make them work, but, you know, safe work, <laughs> which I totally turn mine. Cheerful. Yeah, mine into yeah. apprentices. Hey, it's better than the child labor. Oh, sure, 100%. Yeah. I think, I <laughs> well, think you need like... those tiny little fingers to work the looms, right? Yeah, you, oh. you, no, no, it's, uh, the apprenticeships would be medical or uh, engineering. Yeah. All right. And I remember hearing stuff. <laughs> yeah. You have to you have to make some like you have to make some hard decisions sometimes like sometimes you know sometimes the reactor goes down and like in order to restart it you have to send 20 of your people down into the deep dark like abyss of the mines to restart this thing and yeah. the chances of them coming back are slim to none. Yeah, and also like you have some scouts who are adventuring trying to find other people to like bring to your civilization. And, like, sometimes it's just, like, you find people and, like, there's, like, bears or something. And if you choose whether to rescue them and your scouts probably die or leave them to die. And, like, this is actually a very common thing. Or you could send the, the people to come back to your city by themselves and they might die. Or you escort them and take a lot of time because it takes so... It, so I've been playing this so much. <laughs> oh, no, it seems, it really seems like, like a really fun game. I really like this review on Steam. It says... <laughs> unintentionally made a concentration camp 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. That, that, See, yeah. I told you fascist. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of like what the reviews for Fire Emblem Awakening where it was like, yeah, this game is actually about eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Shrug. <laughs> so uh, subject of that, Carlo, we've heard that you have been playing uh, Celeste, yes. which also... Uh yeah I st- so uh, I was recently on a trip uh over to Copenhagen for work, um, which is about twelve hours each way, 
Uh, and in, <laughs> in that time span, <laughs> I managed to start and complete Celeste, uh, which was a bit of an arduous task, but uh, it was uh, it was a really good game. It's uh, so wonderful. Yeah, like it's a. <laughs> It's the platforming in that game is absolutely fantastic, um, and the the motivations of the characters uh, really make you want to keep pushing forward. Uh, and like the ways that the ways that the story goes, right, uh, has made it really interesting. Um, and we have talked about it before too. Yeah, we have talked that. about it before, and now I'm starting to look in and trying to see what it actually takes to unlock like the final level and everything, and like how to actually do things. And I'm yeah. like. All right, so this is the point where it, it finally goes from like like a, a very very hard Mario game with a little bit of extra abilities to essentially like I want to be the guy. It yeah. is like it is that level of hard um and you know, I assume I, I I'm not sure if you can check but I don't think you can use assist mode on like the B sides or the C sides. Um Oh, that's a good question. Like, you probably would, couldn't. Yeah, that would that, it wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, though it's really fun to make a crap file with assist mode and just fly through the air. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> assist mode assist mode was fantastic, but uh I, it I did spoils the, I did, your account. Yeah, I did do the whole the whole uh game without assist mode. Uh and that was that was real hard. Yeah. It's way more satisfying. Oh yeah. Yeah. So on the subject, we have been talking thus far about two very difficult games or games that have the reputation about being difficult, and that kind of goes a lot into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, basically, there is definitely a premium that gamers, game critics, the game world as a whole seems to place on a game being tough. It's yep. kind of like Dark Souls effect kind Cuphead. of thing. Yeah, Cuphead. Is, I think the quintessential 2018 example. Yep, I mean, any... 17. I, I, I feel seven. like yeah. I feel like it started... Flies. I feel like it Yeah, I was like, wait with, a minute. It started with Dark Souls, and now every, like, every game is like, oh, it's hard. That's good. And Taking I w- it back to old school gaming where things <laughs> were hard. And I just wanted to like had no go into that a bit and sort of examine yeah. if that's a good thing, why that happened, and you know, so just sort of talk about that a bit. I sort of ascribe to the theory that so an interesting thing that like Evelyn, you know, made a joke about was let's bring things back to old games when they were hard, right? <laughs> yep. Um, but a lot of the times those games weren't. N- they were hard intentionally, but they were hard for stupid reasons. Well, they were because hard. They were hard. Game design sucked back then. We hadn't learned yet. Well, not even that. Um, I would say that it is very much. It was very much a different monetization model, uh, of sorts of like how much. How do you profit from games? Because well, true, arcades. these were arcade games, right? Yep. So, you know, people love to call them quarter suckers, and they were to to some extent, right? Like they were they were games that were essentially hard. Because they were there to continuously make you put in more money. That's why you had things like limited lives. That's why Contra only had three lives. And so it's well known for being extremely difficult. Yeah. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, it's pretty much just an advanced claw game. I mean, the other thing as well, like thinking about, you know, the quintessential original console game, the Super Mario Bros., like most of the reason that's hard when you play it now is because Mario controls like ass. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to use GoldenEye as an example of that, where the controls make no sense. Yeah. And that's part of what makes that game hard. Yep. Yep. Like the ability, like the, I mean, you you could argue that some of that comes from the the, uh, terribleness that the N64 controller is, in fact, 
is. Yeah. Like that. There's <laughs> no getting past that. Is an aspect of game design. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no. Yeah. But like, yeah. But like, yeah. When you when you have to deal with certain types of controllers, right? Like, if, I mean, if you look at it now, right? You look at the Nintendo Pro controller, pretty much every other console, and it's pretty much. Uniform yep. across the board now. You the have a D pad, more or less standardized. Dual yeah. joystick. You got bumpers. You got triggers, and you got four buttons on the right side. Yep. Thanks unless you're Xbox. Steam, and then unless you're mm-hmm. Steam, and then you're terrible. Wow. <laughs> but even then, like I would say, like the Dual Shock Two was kind of like, and along with the original Xbox controllers, those were the two that kind of set set the tone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, th- doing the the dual analog stick. I mean, the original Xbox controller being, you know, approximately the size of a pizza box notwithstanding, uh it you know, that dual analog stick and, you know, really I feel like a lot of it with I feel like we've segued a bit into a conversation about controllers, but uh, I mean, you know, the we've never been ones to stay on topic. I think like it it's seems part like, of the topic, yeah. I feel. Yeah. It seems like, you know, the Xbox layout, which has become so standard, seemed to really hit its stride with Halo, and sort of everyone was like, dude, first-person shooters, we like those a fucking yeah. lot. You need this control scheme for shooters. Yeah. You have to. Even even on top of that, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare yeah. was a, a much very pivotal game in the first-person shooter genre where it's like, oh, wait, if I, if I hold left trigger, I zoom in, and aim down sights, ADS, and then right click, and then the right trigger is to shoot. And that, like, almost every game from then on, pretty much has followed that dichotomy. Do you know what's a topic we should do sometime? We should do. Oh Ooh, yes, yes, that's a good. That's one. an interesting we'll, one. We have an Look forward to that on an upcoming yeah. episode. Yeah, sen- sen- uh, sec- censor <laughs> that. We don't so, want someone, anyone yep. to. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, I I've marked that. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I'll. But yeah. Bleep. But like so, going back to this sense of like games being hard, I want to say that games have actually gotten really easy in as of late and that when games are actually are hard they actually happen to be more more surprising and like dark souls i would argue yeah it is very very hard um but it is hard in, not in the sense of like the game being hard itself but it's it was a game that came out when it was a game that came out which people weren't used to it was a totally new gameplay mechanic right and like almost eff- effectively as we were just saying now it has started a whole new genre of game of souls like games much to the chagrin of people that are fans of the of the souls born games <laughs> um or just you know e- even the indie market as well like cuphead yeah. is a good example yeah. or mm-hmm. celeste or a lot of them where it's like now it's like there is a whole drive to be like well your game has to be hard i'm thinking also you know i mean even nintendo to some level i remember everyone was praising breath of the wild being like this is the hardest zelda game that's ever come out yeah, and you know, and is that a good thing or is that yeah. a bad thing? I mean, well, Amelia, so many... <laughs> I'm just over here being like, oh, these games are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sorry, the prank topic. <laughs> a lot of gamers praise games that are hard. True. We yeah. praise Cuphead. We praise Dark Souls. We praise Zelda. Um, Though Cuphead was an interesting one, where it was like it was built for that express purpose. It, it was, but at the same time, it was like, wow, this is like so hard, which is so weird. Yeah, with how it looks. Yeah, and like Celeste, like purposely made it so way it still enabled people to be able to finish it, even though it had difficult. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is that if you take a person, like a young person or someone who's older and it's deciding to get into games, and you hand them something like a really popular game, like. Breath of the Wild, I think, is the perfect example. How can they possibly enjoy that game? Like, someone who doesn't know 
um, I was watching this extra credits episode where it talked about um, sort of what you have to know in order to be able to play a game where like Link has that little circular health bar up there in the corner. And if you're not a gamer, that doesn't mean anything to you. Um, there's so many paradigms in gaming that are tied into it being that make it so hard for somebody who isn't a gamer, even beyond the game itself being hard. Like yeah. if I wanted my mom to play a game, I wouldn't get her within 10,000 miles of any of these games that we've talked about. <laughs> I don't know if she can even understand Pokemon because there's it's just there's so little of those games that are intuitive for somebody who doesn't already know. But I, yeah. I would also argue that um, the, t- the tutorial systems in today's games have are far and beyond way better than anything we have have had in the past. It's and that's why true. why the, the on-ramping to games, and I think it's a very, very important design decision, right? So, like, yeah. looking back at the... And it's something that's been important in games forever, right? Like, looking back at the very original level 1-1 one, one in, in Super Mario Brothers, right? You have that sense of, like, okay, I don't know any of the controls. There's nothing here telling me anything, but... There's a block in my way, right? Yeah. And it teaches and, you how to jump, right? Once. And this is something that Super Mario Bros. did an exceptional job yes, of, is that they fantastic. ramped up the levels yeah. really methodically to tutorial you without yeah, giving yeah. you a tutorial. Nintendo, is, it, Nintendo are the masters of that. Yeah. By the way, there's a beautiful video online that everyone should watch about, you know, 1 1 because it really explains the process yeah. and how revolutionary yeah, it cause was. Yeah, because, like, I, I remember, like, them saying, like, hey, the, the, the main thing we have is here is that every, every person has to be able to do this thing at least three times in three different ways. Um, or, or any any new ability needs to be done in three three different times, three different ways, in order for you to understand like what the core mechanics are, right? And I would even say that that has gone all the way to Super Mario Odyssey, where like essentially that entire first part of the entire game is one long fucking tutorial. Yep. Uh, from the very beginning all the way up to the very last, uh, the end of it, and th- it is all the tutorial setting you up for this much harder version of it right so i think that i think that games now are are in fact more difficult but but this sort of difficulty that we used to see before was a difficulty in a struggle against the controls a struggle in game design right things were nintendo hard right as they like to call them not because it was meant to be hard but it was just the nature of video games back then and now we're starting to get to the point where a lot of a lot of uh a lot of people that do play games have sort of rejected this sort of this like low where we started getting these really good tutorials. We started getting this very good handholdy stuff. And it was kind of like, well, that's boring now. Yeah. Sure. Right. And now giving the option to have things that are more difficult. Right. Like even a game like Celeste, um, it, as hard as it is, it on ramps in such a fantastic way. It The way that it continuously adds things to it and that kind of culminates at the very end in this sort of like absurd skill challenge is something that like i don't think i if you had thrown that last part at me and say that was the game like something like i want to be the guy then yeah that game's impossibly hard but because you go through each level and learn a little bit and you kind of get used to the new powers as you as you go along and it starts adding more mechanics on top of that i think that's where 
we we kind of we we kind of forget like hey there's an on ramp to this yeah, yeah. I, I I would definitely recommend anyone who's interested in this there's a video on uh, the Game Makers Toolkit channel on oh, fantastic Mark uh, Brown is fantastic yeah he Mark Brown is doing really cool stuff but there's a great video on sort of three step level design in Mario and how that does the tutorial without ever popping up like yeah. a dialogue box or anything where it's like okay we have this rule of how we put these things together and it seems like. People have studied that, people have figured that out and really have brought it into their games in really interesting ways of like, here's how we're going to teach you to do this thing. Like Breath of the Wild absolutely copped from that by being like, here's how we're going to teach you you can climb. There's a wall. You walk up to it, suddenly you're climbing it. Congratulations, you just learned how to climb. Yeah, and then even with the mechanics with Breath of the Wild, where there are assumptions, right? It might be easier for us right to understand exactly what's going on but i think a big part of uh game design is that sort of hey let's try something if it fails here's he- we're going to give you feedback on exactly on, on what might be going wrong here yeah right? it, but doesn't, I feel it like nudges you even that mechanic is something that i don't think is intuitive and this makes me it reminds me of back when cuphead first came out and there were a bunch of people who couldn't get past the tutorial yeah because there was that one jump that was hard and, like, even people who, like, this was game reviewers who'd been playing games for yeah. decades who couldn't get past the tutorial of this game. So, I don't think we can really say that tutorials and all of these other things yeah. necessarily really solve the problem. No, but I, games I definitely, are hard yeah. for stupid reasons. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that, I think that there has come, like, and I think there, I do agree that there are some games out there that are much harder, right? I mean, you can point it, you can point it back and forth, right? Sure. Where, like... There are game, I think games are much a lot of indie games are much harder because it's the sort of the dwarf fortress syndrome and it has been a part of it is that indie games are able now to find these niches right like for example I'm not going to say that Firewatch is at all hard no, Firewatch no. not exactly is probably one of the easiest games I've ever played in my entire life uh it's visual novel basically yeah <laughs> um uh, I mean the I feel like a big reason, and you're sort of getting at it here, is a big reason a lot of the games have become harder. It's, it's it, niche. Well, niche, but also games have kind of grown up, and games audiences have kind of grown up. Like, I mean, it seems like, you know, the people who played a game in, you know, 1985, I think, when yeah. it was when the NES came out in 1985, 1986. Uh, if you played that when you were five, you are now, you know, in your 30s, 40s, something like that. And you're probably going to be looking for something that kind of challenges you a little bit, that has more of that kind of adult feel and that kind of yeah. adult difficulty curve that you have to struggle through. I feel like that's a well, big reason that we're sort of praising it now. I mean, I think another huge aspect to remember is like in all sorts of experiences, there are power users that people are like super experts in this and you choose for that to be your particular audience. True. So they already know all these you know, commands and you just happen to choose to slightly modify them to appeal to these people versus the general audience but yeah like but even something like like look at something like Fortnite, which is popular amongst all the fellow kids these days Uh, (laughs) um but and that that game is mechanically like it's weird right because there's like three sets of players like there's there's people that have there's like i don't know six-year-olds playing this game that have no idea what they're doing um on some level there's people that are that have an I that understand the mechanics and understand how everything is, but they're not very good at the game. Me. And then you have you have tower building people that basically play the game like it's Tekken. 
Yeah. Uh, which is in- incredible, right? And it's like you. It's like I think that, as you said, with the power users thing, right? Yeah. Is that you you give p- players the option to the ability to perform these uh these high level skills, but while still making it accessible, right? I mean, something even like something like Celeste, not not counting the assist mode, but like yeah, the standard. When I was looking, re- playing more and reading more about it, I found out there's something you there are way more advanced techniques that you can do from looking these things up, right? And I think with the advent of the internet, right, has allowed people guides and more information freely available. You're not yeah. you're not caught in a vacuum anymore. That's something that I wanted to bring up is that a, another reason that some games were hard, like um, there were times when I was a kid where I just got stuck in Pokemon games. Like I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. In friggin' Silver and Gold, the stupid ice caves towards the end. <gasps> oh, that was so <laughs> fun. <laughs> they were very frustrating. And if I was playing that game today... I would go on YouTube and look up a guide and I wouldn't have spent like child me wouldn't have been so frustrated trying to get through that the first time. Th- this sort of gets into another thing. Like one of the, uh, we are just talking about, you know, Mark Brown and game makers toolkit. And you know, for all the things that are fantastic about his channel, I've noticed that he does like, he's really a person I think of when I think of, you know, maybe putting too much of a premium on something being tough to figure out because I remember he was like, yeah, one of my favorite dungeons of all time is the water temple in Ocarina of Time, which to me is not hard because it's figure. It's like, oh yeah, it's designed in that way. It's because it's an incredibly confusing layout to figure out. And you don't know, it, you feel like you're making the wrong choice whenever you're opening a door. Because it's like, oh, I have a key, but that key could open this door or this door yeah. or this door or this door. And if you've never played it before, like why I gave up on it as a kid was I was like, how do I, I mean, I can't tell which door to pick. Am I just going to yeah. pick a door and then just it's done? Which is, it's really interesting too, though, because I, I don't know if you ever replayed it on the 3DS the, the remake, not. the water temple is significantly easier with a better control scheme. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and like, I think that that might be a bit of a theme of this conversation. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, uh, which, which, which is interesting, right? It's like interesting to see how like some of those decisions come out to be like that. Um, but I, I kind of go back and forth on it, right? Because like I think that there has been a more of an appetite for harder games and not necessarily harder games, but games that just require a lot of mechanics and systems to finally get like that's the reason monster hunter world has kind of approached this peak accessibility period right where people like it's still monster hunter it's still difficult in all the ways that monster hunter is difficult but i think that players have become more accustomed there have been systems that have been made it way easier and way more way more appealing to to players and there's more of an understanding of how this works and like how you're supposed to learn from it that like has scratched the same itch in, in the same way that like destiny works and like all these other games that are now kind of informing each other. And yeah, like for somebody that is completely new, I can see this being incredibly difficult for them to come through. But at the same time, um, I would say that that's definitely more of a fault of game design. Cause I think that there are very, very, very much ways that you can teach people how, how, how these new things work and, we're going to be keep getting new mechanics and new ideas and new new ways to play, and that's not going to stop, right? I mean, right now, if you look at games in VR, I don't think any of them are hard per se, which is in- I an interesting. I think a lot of them are hard 
for the wrong reasons. For the same, for the same, for the same reasons. For the same, same wrong reasons that we've seen before, where it's like they are difficult, if only because it's not very intuitive or not hard to control. Even though there are some things that are amazingly intuitive in VR. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is definitely some of it. it but like, I, I I come back sort of to that question of is like, is this a good thing? that things are becoming harder is it you know is it a bad thing is it just a thing like are like towards the question that me and evelyn were kind of asking are we losing something are we losing people who you know might not you know like are we losing the people who are trying to get a new experience i mean certainly there are plenty of games out there that if you're trying to introduce someone to games like you know honestly breath of the wild was a fairly easy game for my girlfriend who is a gamer who's never really gamed before to get into and love are you know there are still games that do that but if you want to like if i wanted to introduce someone to i gotta say to gaming you know minecraft true <laughs> true i mean there's a reason that that was yep. up until Fortnite. Pretty much the most popular game but ever you made. Could, you yeah. could even point it out to it, though. It definitely still is. You could point out that Minecraft was also super hard until 1.0, arguably. Yeah, also until Minecraft Wiki, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even, but even, no, no one but was even, playing it back then. No, but I mean, but I think that's when, when it gained a lot of its popularity was when you had to look things up. Back when you had to, you had to share these forms, right? It's that internet presence that had allowed a Minecraft that's to, actually to say, a great point. To there was nothing that intuitive not about crafting in Minecraft. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, what's, well, what's bare, interesting. barely maybe, like, okay, yeah, I guess if I put these things in the square to look like an axe, sort of, it may it yeah, would it, turn it, into it axe. Barely makes sense. Yeah. Well, that but, game would definitely be basically unplayable if there weren't every single thing on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, but and, I think you're both right. I think you're both right about, like, where, like, how that can work. Because, yeah, Minecraft was pretty tough to figure out at first but it built this group of very dedicated people who yeah. were determined to figure everything out about it and then that the that work the work done by all that people made it incredibly accessible for the next generation yeah. of people to come in and really like oh yeah you can just like throw a kid in and then just be like oh yeah you can just look it up online and it's fine i, I feel like you know yeah. That's a way to do that. You can, a lot of people, you know, Nintendo, obviously I'm thinking about, you know, Odyssey and stuff like mm -hmm. that. They'll be like, we're going to bring in the new guys first and then the power users are going to be the power users. That's why we're going to have, yeah. you know, 900 fucking moons or whatever. But, uh, but you still, you don't lose out on, on any story bits because yeah. of that. And that's why I and, do think, I, I do think that like, it is a good thing, right? Cause I think we're opening up more of a challenge to the players that do want it. And that's why I point out to these indie games that, are harder right like cuphead yeah you cuphead's really nice to look at and in, in a world of where where twitch streams are a thing it's it's never been easier to access the content of these games True. right yeah and i would say that you know there are still games that are fantastically easy and fantastically simple to learn right like there have been throwbacks to like ukulele right which is basically that sort of platforming type like game and has been has been somewhat accessible and uh you know I, I i feel like there there are lessons that are learned from previous games that make them make them continue to make them more accessible and accessible um that said i will say that perhaps there have been a stacking of mechanics right there's been such a a 
a focus on emergent gameplay where it may not something that may be may seem hard might just actually not appeal to a certain demographic of player yeah, yeah i mean i definitely think there's a huge place for let's plays especially in the world of very difficult games as someone who sometimes just doesn't want to go put in the effort to finish a game such as all the five nights freddy's like yeah. I still get to experience the story and get the general feel for it while not torturing myself. <laughs> well, I, I think like going back to the, again, the, uh, that point about Minecraft or the point about let's plays, I feel like a lot of it is just, okay, that's sort of the decision that uh, devs have to make. And I think if you're making that decision, like with Minecraft, it was, we're going to appeal to the power users first who then did the work for the casual players. Or you can do the, you know, Super Mario Odyssey route where you appeal to the casual players first, but still have enough content for the power users. It's like, okay, when you're balancing that, it's about, okay, which one do you want to go for first? And, you know, with Minecraft, ultimately, yeah, it's dirt simple once you've got that, once you've got the mechanics down, once you've got the rules down, but someone had to do the work to really get you know, get the information about that together. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. And then, but even then, like, like, you know, Minecraft now has all that tutorial system stuff. It's like the on ramping for that game is like, it's almost comparable to almost any other game I see out True. on the market. I hate now. mandatory on run. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Like, I play it, so it much be, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I would, and that's probably the one of the most damning things is that even playing through the new Pokemon games. That there first is, hour is rough. So, so I play like <laughs> even Pokemon, sun and moon. Yeah, fuck. I play Pokemon tournaments where it's like I get random eggs assigned to me, and like someone trades with me after I can trade, and like it takes me over an hour to get to the point where I can trade. Where it used to be like ten, fifteen minutes. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I, I, I guess like as sort of a final question about this, then <laughs> do you think that in I don't know. I'm looking at my watch like this is a that's relevant at all. Uh, it's a time like, machine. Well, in like ten ish years, and I uh, are we will be wrong. are we going to get throwbacks to like you know the simpler era of games when it's like okay, it's going to be super linear. It's going to be pretty simple to get through. There's going to be some you know very simple, basically like one or two mechanics you have to learn. And that, or are we going to continue down on the path into sort of difficulty and I mean, adding stuff? Well, I think that there isn't really an answer for that question because indie games exist. Yeah, it's so also it's, every it, single type of game in every genre is always going to exist forever. Which is exactly what I was going to I was going to say. It's like it's kind of the, arguably the cop out answer, <laughs> but it, it it's true, right? Like I think that that as indie games get more more popular right as game development gets democratized ha 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 <laughs> um you 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 open you know game development to these wide swaths of games right like these huge these huge games and like even even taking something like a mobile game right it's a mobile game uh, with a lot of their systems and a lot of their complex systems has been extremely accessible right like yeah, I, my dad who is not a gamer at all, hasn't really played a game since Super Mario Brothers, and doesn't really think much about games, recently picked up Super Mario Run. And he loves that to a to yeah. a, a staggering degree, to the degree where I was like, 
this is weird. <laughs> yeah, well, Nintendo is truly trying to make a push for accessible games for, like, all sorts of people, including people who aren't, like, you know, gamers, like, like all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then, like, and even Microsoft is going, like, making games more accessible yeah, through the controller. I was going to say, did everyone see that? That adaptive, that, that accessible controller is fantastic. It's what? really cool. I, I hadn't seen this yet. This. I'll, I'll have to oh. look it up like after that. Go watch the video. It will make your heart feel things. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but basically, it, like, I mean, just to give a quick overview of what it is, it's, like, basically this sort of, like, giant i don't know it's like just a really big, big controller rectangle. basically yeah, it's a, it is a basically a big, huge much bigger version of what you would see and like as much as i like to shit on the steam controller it kind of takes aspects from that and the ways that it's done joysticks and has just made it way more accessible and way easier to play games for people that um you know don't necessarily have the same dexterity that so you know, like people with I parkinson's have. yeah or or people with any with any sort of like physical disabilities and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I mean, obviously, it's. I don't think you're ever gonna replace how good that that one guy got that one mouthpiece controller thing that allowed him to play Overwatch at a high level. Oh yeah, and like that's fantastic. But um, I think this is a very good mainstream step towards it. And there's definitely a weird place in the world for in, like in accessibility because like for him, like it is specialized just for him. Yeah. And we're trying to make goals that are more accessible for all sorts of people. And we should actually talk about this more in depth later because I. Learned a lot about accessibility this in UX and games is a, is an interesting topic. Yes. yes, it is. It is. Anyway, I feel like <laughs> we we've sort of got to a point here where it's like you know, ultimately we're sort of in the camp of yeah, you kind of need both. Like one way or another, you kind of need the stuff that's simple and the stuff that's tricky. No, forge your children in fire. <laughs> yeah, T- teach them the yeah. pain of the world immediately. And like, and like you know, I think you can bring a kid and have them play these new games and. You know, I think sometimes we underestimate how well kids can learn things. Sure. And, like, they can be really good at it. And even stuff at, like, Fortnite, they can get really good really quickly, right? And I think that as we, as we continue on with games, I think that I, I don't foresee it being an issue. And I, I think that there will always be games for, you know, all all skill levels of players, right? Absolutely. All right, well, it was fun, everyone, so thank you for listening, and thank you guys for coming and talking about this. Yeah, we uh, we yeah. appreciate your support if you're listening, um, and if you, you know, if you would like to drop us a review on iTunes or Google Play, we'd definitely appreciate that. Yeah, or if you have anything you want us to talk about, just give us a comment or, you know, just let us know. We'd be Check happy to discuss it. Absolutely. The Twitter, Instagram. Instagrams, all, <laughs> your, all your social, social media. Yeah. <laughs> social media. We should make ourselves a subreddit. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thanks, everyone.